Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. And then they're like, <laughs> you mean there, there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like, nobody said, oh, you know, here, you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. Jump in both feet, because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. My name is Victoria Atkin, and you're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast, season four. I am absolutely thrilled to have our next guest. He is one of the most exciting people that I've ever spoke to in this realm and uh, a complete pioneer for this medium. Um, so I'm, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you. Uh, could you tell us what your name is and where you grew up? I'm Remington Scott, and I grew up in Long Island, New York. And can you tell us what you do and your official title, if you have one, and where you work in the world and companies and things like that? I'm the CEO and chief architect of Hyperreal, and we are the company that partners with A-list talent building their digital versions for the metaverse entertainment. And we always ask this question to all of our guests that come on here, because I think that this question is always evolving, and it's always interesting to hear everybody's different interpretations of the answer of this question. So how would you best describe performance capture? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> you open up with the hardest question. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so you hit it. It's evolving. Everything about performance capture is tied to a technology. And the technology is continually growing and changing. So what we've seen in the past and what we think it is today is going to be different tomorrow. And, you know, we can look at it um, without getting into too much detail, but we could look at it in the past and we think of performance capture as a way to record a, a person into a computer. It's like digitizing somebody into 3D. I think that's, that's at the very basis of the technology. But how that's done is changing and the capabilities that it allows us is changing as well. We're at the ape stage of the evolution of this, right? Yeah. But still right at the beginning. I think we could tell that because it's about, I'm just getting into it. It's about data compression. It's about human compression. If we look at a human being and then we compress them into the computer and digitize them and bring them back through performance capture, there is a level that is not yet, I, I think, absolutely perfect human in the process. So when we get to that point, I think we'll just be at the beginning and be like, we're in beta. I think when we get to the point, then that's going to be version one. And, and, and then we'll, we'll have some interesting advances from there. I love all the different answers that we always get to that question. And that was, uh, yeah, that was a great one. And from your experience, but how did you discover performance capture? How did you first become involved? And we talked a little bit about this after you left school. And I think that that's a great place to maybe start with um, with your friend. I'm old school. So I've been doing um, games since the mid-1980s. Um, we were building the first digitized home video games around 1986. And we were finding a way 
to record people and play that back onto a computer in an interactive format. And that was a 2D medium. And what happened was we saw the beginning of 3D with um, platforms in the Nintendo-Sony collaboration that didn't happen. It ended up being the Sony PlayStation, Nintendo 64. But we knew that that was coming. We were part of the specs in the early days. I was working at a company called Acclaim Entertainment. Uh, I was a director. I was directing the 2D, um, the action of characters fighting each other in 2D. Um, Their most famous game was Mortal Kombat, which used this technology um, very well. And at that time, I think it was, believe it or not, 1991 or around there, it was, I think, the most realistic digital humans we've ever had in video games because they were a direct digital image off of a photograph. And then we split and went into 3D. And at that time, everything was extremely blocky. And we've been working on resolution ever since, trying to get photoreal digital humans. The key at what we were looking at was how to animate blocky humans correctly. Because of the resolution in the capabilities for rendering, uh, texture was low resolution, uh, polygon count was low resolution. And the animation tools in the early 1990s was nascent, if anything. Um, IK wasn't even on the board. Uh, so uh, we looked outside of the entertainment industry into the military industrial complex and into the medical industry and found a technology that was being used in medical labs called motion capture. And a claim, you know, we said, this is a way to digitize people in 3D. And so as a company that was very familiar with digitizing people in 2D, and now this methodology was, was put to use in transforming a technology from completely recording hip, you know, people recording the femur, rotating inside the hip for hip replacement surgery, and building an animation methodology and animation tool set. And so that's what Acclaim did. And they built the first motion capture studio in the world dedicated to entertainment. That's my first foray into motion capture, being a part of that studio build and directing those sessions. And just going on to that, because we had a conversation the day, there's a lot of students that listen to this podcast in their education. And um, didn't you say something to me about one of your friends didn't finish school and then you started making this company together? Was what was that? Was that part of your very, very early beginnings? Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's such a fun story. Well, that was in high school. I was uh, in the mid 80s, you know, I would go to the arcades and play games in the arcades. I was a big fan of, of video games and I wanted to make games. And a friend of mine um, in the same town just uh, dropped out of school. And, uh, and he said, hey, you know, he's a, he was an incredible programmer. And he, he thought he, he was better than his teachers. And I, I believe he was. He was an incredible mentor for me, uh, Mike Rydell. And he said, hey, I'm going to start making games. And he needed an artist. So he brought me on to to work with him, and it was the two of us out of his parents' attic. I love that. And we made the first digitized home video game. No idea what we were. I didn't have any idea that it would be so groundbreaking. You know, you just do things because there's a passion and a belief, and because you know you're with people that have an incredible skill set. That's a key thing. 
that trusting and that curiosity and going where that curiosity takes us. A lot of the guests who have, you know, done so well, including obviously yourself, like in this industry have, have trusted their instincts and their curiosity and their raw talent. And it's taking them to places that they just never dreamed it would take them, you know, and, and this medium that you just didn't know would evolve to where it is today and where it's continuing to evolve from these kind of grassroots that, you know, there was no education. There's still like no, there are some courses now, but it's still not, you know, really in the forefront of education with things. So especially, I mean, back in my day, I didn't, <laughs> there wasn't any coding classes and programming, anything like that. I think that's a great point because the 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 education system that we have today is so advanced. It's so amazing. You know, if you're learning the processes and getting into it, there's a number of incredible schools to be to get into about motion capture and get your hands uh, get your hands on. But even to add to that, no matter what kind of education you're going to get formally, the education of actually ap- applying the science is incredibly important in the personal growth of building the capability skill set and taking something beyond what it's already at right now. There's another aspect of this too, which is important. It's in um, casting and, and that's part of, you know, working with people and finding the right people to work with. And I think that anyone, you know, as a director, anyone that, knows what makes a good director, they know it's their cast. You know, you're only as good as the people you work with. I love that on your show reel about that I told you before, like Stan Winston said about the artist that is creating the character. Is the, it boils down to that person that's creating that character and creating the performance. And it sounds like you agree with that. Yeah, St- Stan was, he, he, he was amazing. And I, I, I think anyone, and I'll just talk about myself personally, uh, you know, I can, talk about achievements and things I've done and been a part of, but the key is the people that I've worked with, you know, it's finding the right tribe and working with them and empowering them to do the best that they can be. And that's casting that that's finding, you know, finding it and then getting it out of them. And, um, and that's, that's as important. That's the most important thing I could tell everyone here. You have your education aspect and then you have, how you move forward within teams of people. I've got to ask you this question because, um, I, you know, I, I had the privilege of, you know, we had a chat about this before, but um, when you got onto the set of Lord of the Rings and they got, brought you over and you saw what Andy Serkis was doing, um, can you tell everybody a, a little bit more about that process? Because originally they weren't capturing it, right? That's fascinating. <laughs> okay, you know. It's fascinating. It's just, it's just a phenomenal that we're, you know, we're having this podcast, we're talking about this, and originally they were not capturing his performance, which just blows my mind um, that you told me that. And yeah, please let's let's talk about that story. Well, I mean, we know we know Weta Digital as the world's probably one of the world's leaders in performance capture capabilities and entertainment. Definitely, the the work they're doing and they have been doing is just groundbreaking. It's like inspiring for everybody. And when we look back at the early days, and that's when I was involved with Weta, was um, just at the end of fellowship at the beginning of Two Towers. And I had the, I had the capability of, of walking in to the infrastructure where there was a motion capture system, but it was being used 
strictly for like massive animations with uh, just large crowds. It's like game engine type of stuff where you need people branching, doing broad motions for the, the, the fields of thousands of people fighting. And what they didn't have was a pipeline for um, performance capture. And so they, they saw the work we did in Final Fantasy where we were creating, where we created the first uh, performance captured principal humans in film theatrically. And um, they were like, this is uh, what we want to build here. So I came on to do that. And, and the goal was to build out Gollum. And what I, what I saw coming in was absolutely fascinating. They hired Andy um, to be a voice artist. I can't even believe this. And, and the, yeah, carry on. So it's like, no. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he, he was just like coming on to do this, like in a booth for a couple of days. And he was so expressive in his vocalizations that somebody had the thought, which was like the right idea. Um, let's, let's have him do these vocalizations on set. So that way the other actors uh, on the plate um, that they're filming could have him do this with the timing. So he came, they, they transitioned him out of the booth and then they'd put him essentially behind the camera and they'd be shooting the plate. And this is called a clean plate. And the clean plate is where you have the performers who are being uh, filmed and there's no other element in there, maybe a tennis ball or something from to look at. Um, and then at the same time, Andy is behind the camera and he was delivering his lines. So there was a, a unity and flow in, in how the action was happening. But what happened was during these sessions, Andy would not just be giving a vocalization. He'd be like rolling on the ground, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he'd be crawling around and jumping, whatever he's doing. And the crew and PJ it's hard to focus on Sam and Frodo when you have such a dynamic performer <laughs> doing, you know, like really giving it his all. And it's not even being filmed. It's like behind the camera. And that's what you're, you know, so, so I think PJ said, let's get a take of him at least in front of the camera. And so this is the evolution of how this is <laughs> like, he, he went from the booth to getting one take. And that one take was what they called the dirty plate. And it would be the first take. He'd be there. They give him an opportunity to perform with the other actors and then they would they would get the timing and they would know where to look and then they'd take Andy out and he'd do the remainder of the takes behind the camera and it would be the two actors and what they found was essentially every take it was only that one take Andy got every take he was in was the best take of everyone's performance and so even though they did other clean takes which are they were going to use for the film they found the dynamic with Andy there um, was was fantastic, and I think that that's what they wanted to do was just get more of Andy now, and so that's when uh, PJ uh, reached out to me and said, um, "We have this motion capture studio. We'd like to do a test and see if we can't record Andy and get his performance and put it into the the plates and see what that looks like." At the same time, there is a team of animators that were trying to animate. It. Gollum as well, and prove out what that would look. And I think it's important to just put a pin here before we get to Andy on set in the motion capture stage, 
the incredible pivotal moment in history that we're talking about. Definitely. Because up until this moment, animation was, it was dominated by Disney in the 20th century and Disney type of animation, if you will, is a keyframe type of thing. Pretty much every kind of animation was keyframed. And that's how every animator and every animation director would approach a project. There was no thinking outside that box. It was a box that people lived in. And that was the way that the greatest animators of all time uh, performed and did this. And then here we were experimenting on something. And so um, just to let you know, this wasn't, this wasn't easy. Like anything that's worthwhile, it's definitely not going to be easy. Um, we had a team of animators and an animation director that just came off of the first film with a lot of accolades. And they were really pushing to keyframe Gollum. And we had to prove that not only were we going to successfully create a digital character and bring him to life, but we were going to be using a new technology to do that that was not within the tool set of the animation team. It's outside of their tool set. We had to build our own team to do this. There was a very, there, there was politically complex situations that were happening at WETA at this time. So uh, as a motion capture supervisor, I had to kind of steer around that and work within that to help build this so that way it would work and it wouldn't just get pushed aside by a very strong uh, majority uh, of animation and animators. So enter Andy. He's into, we bring him into the studio. And what we have here is a system that is the motion capture, core motion capture technology out of a claim. So it's a video game system that allows us to record him and see the retargeted Gollum in real time. So you know, it, this is over about 20 years ago. And even longer than that, the technology is being built. It's absolutely way ahead of its time. And what we were doing was we were retargeting Andy to Gollum as a, from a biped to a quadruped. And then he had, you know, large hands and long arms and a long elongated neck. So all of these pieces <laughs> had to be solved in real time. And what we did was we allowed Andy to have about an hour plus every day to just get into his character and fit himself into the character of Gollum as like a, a mirror. So he'd be on set, he'd get into posture, he'd start playing around, moving on set, and he would be looking at a, a monitor of, of Gollum. And he could see in real time what Gollum was doing. And that really allowed him to, to become the character in a way that nobody had done this before. Well, ultimately, when we started to do takes, we were looking at that monitor and we were looking at Gollum and not Andy. <laughs> so Andy's over there on the <laughs> stage and he's like acting his heart out. It's amazing performances and what he's doing. Like he's just embracing the, the concept and the technology. And I just have to say, that's the key to all of this, to motion capture. You have to have people that just are passionate about it. And that's what Andy had in his heart. And he's, I believe he still does. He's amazing. He's one of the greatest, if not the greatest of our time. And watching him do that, I knew that, that we were doing something special and we had to have the capability to record it so we can capture it, right? 
But what we were doing was we were looking at the screen of Gollum and we were talking to Gollum. So we weren't talking to Andy. We were telling Gollum, put your hand over here, look <laughs> over in this direction when you deliver this line, kind of move over there. And Gollum was doing it in real time. So that was the exciting part of that. But that's that it. He did, the, he did. He broke it. He broke the, you know, the illusion. And, you know, you believed Gollum. And that's the job, right, as the actor to completely remove themselves and become the character. And he did that. And, you know, his, it's just amazing. And just to hear this moment in history for performance capture and to capture it on this podcast, um, it's amazing. So just to, you know, this... Ugh. I could talk to you for hours about this. I'm like a kid in a sweet shop with all the knowledge that you have. But what, um, you know, what's your fate? What's your favorite part about motion capture? Like when you when you step on stage directing, or you know, now what you're doing with Hyperreal, and we can talk a little bit about that. You know, what's your favorite thing? Is it the end product? Is it the beginning stages? Like, what what do you working with the actors? What what's your favorite part? I really don't want to sound like a cop out here, but I love all of it. I really love all of it. And that's and 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 maybe that's what I, I think I do very well is a unified approach to to our digital humans in the in this digital universe. Uh, I don't focus um and specialize in, in one aspect like like just motion capture. Um what the data looks like after the data after it's captured is extremely important and how it gets solved and how it's applied to the human, and then how that piece is connected with all, all the other elements in the digital universe and and the detail that happens on the humans as well. It's a full 360 spectrum of, of technology tools that um, we're constantly at Hyperreal, we're developing new ways of, of doing this and working with the technology. So we have higher fidelity details and, and we're bringing the performer through in a way that um, hasn't happened before. It's, it's very new and very innovative and hyper real. And that's just because um, the casting of, of all of this incredible talent over the 20 plus years of my experience uh, working in the studios as a supervisor and working with some of the greatest talent in these studios and building personal relationships with, with people and then bringing them into Hyperreal has been the exciting part of, 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 of what makes motion capture exciting for me. In addition to the, you know, the, the skills and the things that you've done in performance capture, motion capture, I think you're one of our, well, you are one of our only guests who's been involved in AR projects, live music projects, and some complete CGI feature films in China. Do you see any um, limits on where we're going with performance capture technology? Any concerns or what are you excited about? What's coming up? We're, we're like, uh, it's all excitement. It's, it's 100% excitement. Um, there's no limits that's the thing and we're we're in a growth phase right now and and we're we're doing things now that have that have been the norm for the last 20 plus years and literally this year is where brand new technologies are being implemented such as ai and machine learning in a way that are changing how we're going to embody digital humans and and that's this is the fundamental beginning that we're talking about that we're starting to get there. Like I said, like I said at the beginning, we're still 
We're not at version one yet. <laughs> we're still there, but we're extremely close and it's very exciting. Just to wrap up, because again, I said I could talk to you all day about this and I hope I get more chances and chat to you and we can find some projects and stuff. But um, what advice would you give to anybody listening that's, you know, just uh, new to the industry, wants to get going or or even, you know, people that are, that are out there now, like from your experience, what's the best piece of advice that you could, you could give somebody that's, um, that wants to thrive in this industry? This is a great question. And I'll just tell you straight up, if, you know, my best piece of advice is to call, to contact Hyperreal. <laughs> if you're interested in being a part of the future of digital humans and where this goes, reach out to me because I want to hear from you. I want to hear from passionate people that are excited about what they're doing. That's the first part. And it's just shameless. I had to, I had to put that out there because um, that's how, you know, in, in some ways, um, you know, you want, you want to find people that are passionate about what they do. And so sometimes you have to just reach out. The other part of the advice I'd give in, this is, this is more just simple advice. If you're interested in becoming part of, of the motion capture community, this is a great place to begin listening to these podcasts and, and understanding um, from Victoria and the amazing guests that she's had, uh, you know, what the scope and what this world looks like. This is the best place to be. And even if you're an expert in the industry, this is a great place to be and to make connectivity and to reach out to people in the industry here. It's about networking and it's about finding the right people to work with. And, and you're a part of a tribe and it's a very unique group of people that are defining the future of entertainment. So it's a good place to be. I appreciate that. If you're even considering getting started in the motion capture industry and you're looking around and trying to figure it out, jump in both feet, just do it. Because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be. You can see where we were in the 20th century, where we're going in the 21st century. This is a core new technology component. It changes very fast. And this is what it's going to be about in the future. Victoria, if I could have just a minute to talk about that. Please. When you look at 20th century, folks, the dominant tool for entertainment was the camera and the lens. It was a photochemical thing called film. It's a piece of plastic, <laughs> you know, that would light would go onto it and you'd go and develop it and it'd come back. And this was what was dominated how we saw the 20th century. And then at the end of the 20th century, every cinematographer said that they believed in film. They believed that film was the dominant way to make movies and cinema and high-end entertainment. And within 10 years, there's not a piece of film around anywhere. Everything changed so quickly, and it's all digital. And you have to understand the landscape of technology. That's the, that's the shifting sand that we're living on right now. And the 21st century, the dominant technology is not the lens and the film. It's the chip. And that's what we're working in. We're all playing inside of the chip. And so to be inside of a chip, you need to be digital. This whole technology that we're looking at to be able to record ourselves and put us inside of a chip is core to the motion capture industry and, and what we're doing here. This interview is, is 
something that I you know I've waited for and I'm I'm just so happy that you've joined us on this and I love that you've mentioned that this is a tribe I hope that that's what I'm creating with the performance capture podcast that's exactly what I would like to do and archive the pioneers in industry like yourself and you know document these stories because it is just it is amazing and it's it's really interesting because I you know as an actor I got to this point in my career and I was like well you know doing all this performance capture what's this you know it's not quite getting the you know leverage that feature films are and then the pandemic's hit and now it's starting to go okay this can work wherever whenever um and it's it's very 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 exciting so i just want to say thank you so much for coming on to this podcast is there any way people can get in touch with you um that you'd like to share if people do want to reach out check out hyperreal.io that's our website um, you could reach us through the website. It's hyperreal.io. And um, we're on LinkedIn. You could find me on LinkedIn, Remington Scott. I'm just looking forward to connecting and having the opportunity to keep growing, being a part of the growth here. Thank you so much, Remington. That was absolutely amazing. And uh, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. I hope we have this opportunity again. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Victoria now hosts online classes for students worldwide. To learn more about how to work in the performance capture industry as an actor, visit www.victoriaatkin.com forward slash classes to find out more. The Performance Capture podcast was recorded and edited at Soundbox Studios in Los Angeles. Soundbox LA is the founding studio in the Soundbox Studio Group a collective of talent-owned and operated boutique voiceover studios with multiple locations in the Los Angeles area and Southern Colorado. You can find out more at soundbox.la. This podcast could not be made without the efforts of many people. We'd like to thank our guests, my fellow producer, Bethany Monroe, our social media manager, Bailey Reeves, and the amazing team at Soundbox Studio Group, Tim Friedlander and Ryan Riveros. The multi-talented Ryan is also the composer of our theme music.